May we hold fast to those that shall endure through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. On Thursday morning, I got in my car and I saw that I was low on gas. So I pulled up to a gas station and I started filling the tank. And as I did this, I glanced around and I noticed a gentleman with ostrich boots, a starch shirt, pressed wranglers, a matching ostrich belt, and he was filling up his truck. His truck was very clean, and it made me want to wash my car. (laughs) He looked like he had it all together. And I looked into the interior of my vehicle, and all the papers, and the prayer books, and my messy laptop bag that seemed to just ooze disorder. I looked to the right and I saw a young professional filling up her car while busily offering instruction to the person she was talking to on her cell phone. She was calm and cool and in control. And I marveled at her multitasking. I stood there a bit, and then I realized that there was no gas pumping into my car. Uh, So then I realized there was an issue with the credit card reader. So I sought out the attendant. So no one was in the store part of the station. But as I turned around and saw the attendant, I explained my situation. And he accompanied me back to the pump and punched in some reset code. And voila! course it worked. So I thanked him and then he went to assist a woman who wanted help airing up her tires. I watched the scene, a busy station, everybody doing their thing. And as I watched the attendant carefully cleaning the windshield of the woman's car that was getting the the tires aired up, I heard the familiar lament of an ambulance as it neared. And so I turned in the direction of the sound, and I saw the ambulance come into view. I paused my people watching, and I offered a silent prayer. The pump clicked, and I turned and saw that the man with the ostrich boots and the woman on the phone and the attendant, well, they had all paused their activity as well. I couldn't tell what the woman in her car with the low tires was doing, but I noticed the pause, the quiet, everything grinding to a halt. The attendant seemed to be saying something to himself. I looked at his lips, perhaps a prayer. No one moved. Well, this was a breakthrough moment to me where the kingdom of God disrupted the scene. This was an interruption of our crafted normalcy, a reminder that suffering is so common in the world that we have a siren that announces it. I wonder if each person at the gas station, well, I wonder if they went somewhere in that moment to the recesses of their own recollections of suffering. Perhaps they had called an ambulance for someone at work, maybe a loved one, 
was carried in an ambulance after a stroke? Did they know someone who was an emergency medical tech or a nurse or other medical staff? Or had they experienced a life-changing illness? Our gospel today offers a holy disruption. Jesus, in the company of his disciples, announces again the future that awaits him. And it isn't pretty. In fact, it must have been downright terrifying to the disciples' ears. And yet Jesus ends his prediction of what is to come with his own breakthrough moment. He shares that after three days he will rise again. This is a really important statement that changes everything we know to be true, that tells us who God is, that this might mean something for us. And yet it seems to be lost on the disciples. I don't want to focus too much on the disciples not getting it. One Bible commentator titled a portion of his reflection on this text as the dopey disciples. I don't think that's helpful to categorize the disciples in that way. Yet there's this running theme throughout Mark that the disciples often just do not understand what Jesus is doing. But will we do any better? It doesn't seem any easier to follow Jesus today. Jesus' teachings are hard. And so I turn to the words of the Reverend Dr. Will Gaffney, who is the professor of Hebrew Bible at Bright Divinity School in Fort Worth. And she says this, Some people like to ask, what would Jesus do? I say, what did Jesus do? When the disciples don't understand, they instead jockey for a shred of power in a society that historians describe as having no middle class, only the rich trying to stay rich and the poor trying to stay alive. These followers of Jesus have no real chance at winning first place, unless it's a contest of who understands the least and who is the most powerless. Watch what Jesus does. Although he's aware of what's going on with the disciples quarreling, Jesus waits to address them until they are in a house. Then Jesus gets to work. Jesus asks a question. He sits down. He calls the disciples to him. He disrupts their lingering thoughts of who is the greatest with this powerful countercultural counter statement. Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. This is the jolt the disciples so desperately need. This is the breakthrough we need as well. We are placed among things that are passing away, my friends. And this is a good thing. We must cling to these holy disruptions of our lives that God offers us, where our world stops and the kingdom of God takes hold of us. It is in the disruption of our thinking that we have everything under control that God calls to us.
sits with us and teaches us what true divine power really looks like. When Jesus takes the little child in his arms in this scene, he is demonstrating that following him is about making space for those who cannot offer status or prestige, but have great value in the kingdom of God. We must always look at those who would be easy to ignore as if they have something very special to offer us, because they do. If we look at what Jesus did and model our lives after him, our lives will be interrupted just as his was, and in a good way. We will be rerouted to expand our scope of ministry like Jesus' encounter with the Syrophoenician woman. We may witness the journey, the journey of suffering to wholeness when we meet those who are in pain and isolation. And this happened when Jesus healed the hemorrhaging woman, the lepers, and restored the man in Mark chapter 5, that fellow who stood in broken chains and yet was still separate from his community and his wellness. When we encounter folks deemed lesser or those whose differences make us uncomfortable, we have an option. We can walk on by. Or we can press pause on that earthly pole that tells us not to engage with them. In these life-changing moments, we're invited, just like everyone else, to take a place at a table fashioned by the one who made us and calls us beloved. We should not wonder why they are invited, but perhaps give thanks that we're included as well. We must hungrily look for those breakthrough moments in our life, these holy disruptions that may be frustrating to us. We may feel that we're being slowed down and we have a lot to do. But in the space where time stands still, even for a few seconds, transformation occurs. The gas station moment reminded me that the siren I heard from the ambulance is ushering in the kingdom of God. It reminds us that even though there is suffering, there is a God that promises life eternal. Jesus calls us, especially when the world is trying to rule our hearts. Jesus calls us in our vulnerability and our pain. He calls us when we just don't get it, or we simply can't see anything particularly holy about our lives. And then our Savior walks with us until he finds a shelter for us, a space of quiet a prayerful place, even if that shelter is the awning of a gas station. This is where the kingdom of God awaits you. This is where you meet Christ and where you will experience transformation in your own life. So hold fast to these holy breakthroughs. Hold fast to what endures. Amen.
We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty. 